The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning. It's Wednesday the 9th of August here in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Hewitt podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, research suggests Britain is headed for five years of lost economic growth. The UK's voter register has been hit by a cyber attack, but no one noticed for 15 months. And banker bonuses take another hit with M&A payouts set to bear the brunt. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. The UK faces five years of economic stagnation after a failure to level up. That's according to a report from the National Institute of Economic and Social Research. Bloomberg's Chris Pitt reports. Britain is headed for five years of lost growth. The influential centrist think tank NISA says that it now doesn't believe UK GDP will top pre-pandemic levels until 2024. But perhaps more damagingly for the government... The Institute zeroed in on a failure to level up the UK economy. While real wages continue to rise in London, in the Western Midlands, the think tank says they're expected to have fallen by 2024. That's a big problem for Rishi Sunak. At the last election, Boris Johnson won a landslide victory on the promise of bringing economic prosperity to the whole of the UK. The report also says that any incoming government will have to answer some very hard questions about how they're going to generate growth. In London, Chris Pitt, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The UK's Electoral Commission has revealed that hackers were able to access the register of voters for 15 months without being detected. The body responsible for overseeing the UK's democratic process says it's not able to confirm what information may have been accessed. The chair of the Electoral Commission, John Pullinger, says the data accessed by what he describes as hostile actors is limited. The part they got into contains the electoral registers of everyone in the United Kingdom. So that is simply the name and address of each of those individuals. There's no further information other than that, but name and address and people will be potentially concerned about that. While the Commission's John Pullinger says there was not a high risk to individuals as a result of the hack, the news raises questions about security for sensitive digital records held by British institutions. Now, Italy's government says that its windfall tax on bank profits will be limited to 0.1% of a firm's assets. But questions remain over whether the limit on the 40% levy will apply to global or just Italian assets. Bloomberg's Alessandro Migliaccio in Rome says that there are still details to be ironed out. This was really unexpected. There had been some noise in the government about doing something like this, but it was not in any of the drafts we'd seen, not in any of the drafts any of the you know, senior government reporters had seen, even the ones close to the government. It seems to be some kind of 
coup, if you can't put it that way, from um, the populist part of Meloni's government. Deputy Minister Salvini, who's a, a leader of the League Party, he announced the move. It was not the finance minister, uh, Giorgetti, and neither did the finance minister actually go to the press conference. So we were a bit surprised. Bloomberg's Alessandro Migliaccio there. Now, news of the tax sent shares in banks, including Unicredit and Intesa San Paolo, tumbling. Turning next to China, where the latest figures have shown uh, the economy sliding into deflation with consumer and producer prices both declining in July. CPI fell by 0.3% from a year earlier, while PPI retreated for a 10th consecutive month, contracting 4.4% in July versus a year ago. Morgan Stanley's chief China economist Robin Jing says the data will increase calls for stimulus from Beijing. Well, China is in deflation, for sure. The question is how long? And I think it's up to the policymakers where where they react with coordinated fiscal and monetary easing. Robert Jing's comment, Robin Jing's comments reflect a review from investors who are betting that the weak data will prompt China's central bank to ramp up monetary stimulus. However, policymakers have so far been unwilling to take action as they wrestle with the twin concerns of a weaker currency and elevated debt levels. Now, Amazon is said to be in talks to become an anchor investor in the initial public offering for the chip designer Arm. A source has told Bloomberg that the e-commerce giant is one of around 10 tech companies in discussions, including Intel, Alphabet and NVIDIA. The listing is expected to raise as much as $10 billion and could take place as soon as next month. WeWork shares have plummeted by more than 25% in extended trading after the company said there's a substantial doubt about its ability to continue operating. The story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pallet. New York-based WeWork sites sustained losses and cancelled memberships to its office spaces. The co-working company says it will focus over the next 12 months on reducing rental costs, negotiating more favourable leases, increasing revenue and raising capital. The warning comes mere months after WeWork struck a deal with some of its biggest creditors and SoftBank to cut its debt load by around $1.5 billion and extend other maturities. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Now, a large number of bankers will see their bonuses tumble this year as deal-making remains stagnant. According to pay consultants Johnson Associates, M&A advisors will face the biggest hit with payouts to drop by as much as 25%. Traders are also in line for a cut with bonuses expected to fall by up to 10%. But it's not all bad news for the industry with those in wealth management set for a boost as the sector continues to outperform. So those are some of our top stories on the programme this morning. Another story that's caught our eye, though, is the legal action being faced now by the water company Severn Trent. This is over the discharge of untreated sewage into UK waters and could, in fact, now see the company facing um, the, the equivalent of a class action lawsuit here um, from customers for Severn Trent. Yeah, and look, it's an incredible story. It's had a lot of focus, of course, um, uh, in the public. I mean, you know, because it deals with uh, sewage into the waterways, the rivers and lakes and streams of the UK. Professor Carolyn Roberts is the person who has brought this lawsuit. Um, She's using the law firm Lee Day, who are sort of often involved in these sorts of issues. She's a water and environment researcher and a consultant bringing the case on behalf of 8 million customers. It's got to go to a a panel because this is actually all being done through competition regulators. So there are a few hurdles before it actually could potentially go to 
trial. But it would be very, very significant because it could basically, I mean, you know, were it to be won, mm. it could then mean payouts for customers because she's saying that her argument is that customers are being overcharged because uh, this company has allegedly not reported, you know, all of the uh, sewage that it has released uh, into these waters. Obviously, there's a very stiff defence, though, being put up by Seven Trent. Yeah, that's right. And the company's saying this is a highly speculative claim with no merit, which they strongly refute and say that any if any pollution does occur, they're always reported to the Environment Agency and it would be wholly and completely wrong to claim to the contrary. There is also another element of the story that's interesting too, and that's the form that the action is taking. It is one of the rare uses of this class action regime known as collective proceedings in this country. It's only been in place since 2015. It has to go to a panel of judges for allowing the case to go ahead. And it's something that there have been very few of them that have actually been allowed to go ahead since it was introduced uh, in 2015. There are a few pending against big tech companies um, and a couple of others um, on competition grounds as well. But there, there's a legal significance to this case as well. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you get a flavour of the coverage of this story. If you look at The Guardian, one of the quotes from uh, the person who's taking this action, the last two decades have been catastrophic for rivers and I want something done about it. So a uh, big uh, you know, resonance, I suppose, uh, for people here in the UK of that story. Yeah, certainly a very interesting one to watch. Let's get more details, though, now on our top story around the latest report into the UK economy from the National Institute of Economic and Social Research. Bloomberg's James Wilcock is with us for the details. James, good morning to you. What are the headlines from this report? I mean, broadly, Stephen, most G7 economies have reached their pre-pandemic levels of growth and are now starting to grow beyond them. Uh, The UK hasn't, and NISA doesn't think it will until 2024, and that makes five years of lost growth. In Japan, it took 10 years because it became a lost decade, this is a sizable amount of time. And you point to the fact that then NISA, which is an independent think tank, is basically worse than the Bank of England's outlook on every metric. Uh, they see inflation lasting longer uh, and sort of still being higher. Bank of England says 4.9% money of the year, NISA uh, 5.2%. They see inequality worsening, which is a key problem for the government in particular, which are pledged to level up. If you're in London, your pay is going up by 7% nominally, which is still a real terms pay cut for most people. If you're outside London, it could be as low for the poorest households as a drop of 17%. So there's a massive gulf widening in the country in terms of inequality, they point to. That added to the growth picture, added to the inflation picture, they all point to say a very, very difficult picture for the UK going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's this report will surely cause a stir. I mean, basically, we're in the middle of those five years of lost growth, according to NISA. Um, the issue, though, I mean, they are frequent critics, I would say, of the government. They do often analyse government policy. What do you think the ramifications of this report might be? Well, if it is correct... it is a massive challenge to the government because it basically steps on three of Rishi Sunak's core pledges. Half inflation, grow the economy, shrink the public debt. Half the inflation, they think they'll miss the target this year. Growth, they say not only is growth stymieing, they put a 60% chance of a recession next year. Uh, and then on public debt, something that's buried in the report, that's quite a fascinating one, is they say, we're at full employment, they argue, but even so, we are unable to, ha- um, to get out of a fiscal deficit. So they argue the UK structurally cannot find more money, even even with a fully working labour force, to finance changes. So that if they are right, they are saying the UK government effectively has very little fiscal manoeuvring room to do anything about the situation it finds itself in. So the reason why this report is causing such a problem for government is it basically argues you're both failing uh, in terms of all of the policy positions you're setting yourself up as crucial and you have very little things you can do about that. 
Okay, James, thanks very much for bringing us the details of that. That's Bloomberg's James Wilcock there. Up next, a monumental data breach in Northern Ireland and private school fees set to top 50k. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's Leanne Gowans joins us for more. Let's start with a Guardian story. Northern Ireland police officers' details exposed in, quote, monumental breach. Good morning. Caroline, good morning to you. Yes, indeed. So this story has been making waves since it was released yesterday and the police service of Northern Ireland has really apologised for the security breach, which has compromised the data of every serving officer and member of staff. The service published the information in response to a freedom of information request. Now, that info was actually available to the public, Caroline and Stephen, for about two to three hours and what a lot of people are saying it was basically human error which occurred and there was a spreadsheet with all this information on online Wow. Okay. And yeah, it's a big thing. And the breach involved things like surname, initials, mm. the rank or grade, the work location and departments of all PSNI staff. But the one thing that wasn't revealed was their home address. But still, there seems to be a lot of information that was out there. And Assistant Chief Constable Chris Todd apologised, saying the severe terrorist threat facing officers has made the data breach the last thing that anyone in the organisation wants to be hearing and the chair of the Police Federation for Northern Ireland has called for an urgent inquiry. So there we are, something about this data breach which is highly sensitive information Stephen. Yeah certainly and look it's also in the context of obviously the increased uh, threats that there have been in Northern Ireland in recent months as well, something that's very worrying for people who are members of the police force we're talking about some over 6,000 PSNI officers as well being affected by this too and you've had you know, political reaction as well, saying that people are deeply concerned, thinking of the Alliance Party leader, former Justice Minister Naomi Long, um, saying that this is something that is going to leave people feeling very vulnerable as well. Um, so an interesting story to follow. Let's go to the Telegraph next, Leanne. The headline there, private school fees to soar above £50,000 a year. Yes, indeed. And that will be for the first time we'll be seeing this figure because that was always the threshold. But now people are going to be paying more for education. So Harrow School, Dulwich 
College and Cheltenham Ladies College are among the 10 boarding schools that have increased fees for domestic pupils above that £50,000 threshold. So across private schools, fees are actually rising at the fastest pace in 20 years. And the reason for this is it's basically reflecting higher food, energy and wage bills and also rising teacher pension contributions. But this story in The Telegraph says that the middle class are being priced out of the sector. And this is the warning at the moment. So some school leaders have also said they are preparing parents for the threat of a Labour government imposing VAT on those fees too, which will make it more expensive. Mm. So that story there in The Telegraph. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.